Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NFL season may be over, but that doesn't mean you have to stop betting. There's plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag, including their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest. You only need $10 to enter, but be sure to do so before March 19th. You can also bet on the NBA, the NHL, my personal favorite, NFL draft props, and so much more. Head on over to betonline.ag today and put your sports knowledge to the test. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert filling in for Paige Demakos. Got Jake Arians and Jamie Eisner along with me. Part one of our free agency preview, quarterbacks and running backs here on the show today. Gentlemen, how are we doing on a Monday? Everybody have a good weekend? Too good. Now, wait, I have a question. Hold on, Jamie, before you answer this, okay, I have a okay, question. Okay. So in the Zoom call we have, Jake is wearing his hat backwards. Jake, is that the hat that I think it is or no? Is that hat been retired for, for at least a little bit? It has been retired, I guess, this morning. It is a different hat. I'm actually looking at myself for the first time. I don't think I'm wearing any Super Bowl champion gear yet, but I haven't showered and got ready for the day until early. <laughs> okay, so there's a chance. There's an outside there's chance, chance there's that later chance. on in the day. Okay. There's a good chance. So we are going to talk about quarterbacks and running backs here on the show, but I think we this will be the first time that we've had an opportunity to talk about the Carson Wentz trade and its fantasy impact since it happened late last week. Jamie, I'll start with you because – you and I have been talking in the back channels about the idea of a Carson Wentz trade in and of itself has been baffling to us. Now we know that Carson Wentz will be in Indy playing for the Indianapolis Colts. Your thoughts, you've had a weekend to think about it. You've had all this time. What do you got? It's sort of a mixed review from my end. Indianapolis is in a weird position because you rarely see teams nowadays that have a complete roster built to win now without a quarterback. And I know we talk about it a little bit with Chicago, but Indy's rest of their roster as a whole is in a better spot than Chicago's roster as a whole will be. So this is kind of a weird spot for them to be in. So I understand that they don't necessarily want, they don't feel comfortable leading into probably a rookie quarterback that would have been fifth, maybe even sixth off the board uh, by the time they make a pick. They don't, they're, you know, they weren't really going to be players if something were to happen for a tag and trade for Dak Prescott, for example. You missed out on Matthew Stafford. So you kind of give yourself some limited options here. Uh, I, you know, I would have maybe tried to see what a Sam Darnold trade could have looked like, but I don't know if that's something the Jets are going to do. If, they, if they're knee-deep in Deshaun Watson conversation, they might say, we're holding Pat till we see what happens there. So they were in kind of a weird spot. I get why they did it. The price tag wasn't horrible, but I don't love it if he hits those conditions that would make it next year's first-round pick to go back to Philadelphia, which is pretty much just stay healthy which he hasn't done a lot in recent years. I get it. But that's really the only thing he has to do, play 75% of snaps uh, or 70 and make the playoffs. So there's really, it's not a high threshold to clear, but at least they didn't have to give up their first-round pick this year. Uh, as far as a fantasy perspective goes, uh, I think people have been – have reacted to this very strangely to me. The same people that have been rightfully very critical of what they saw from him last year – all of a sudden are buying like a hundred percent back into full like MVP conversation talk right now. And I don't understand that. I, I think you have to kind of look somewhere in the middle. I like that. He's going to be back with Frank Reich, but all of the warts we saw in his game last year are still there. And until I see with my own two eyes that those are corrected and those are going to be different and that he has learned from those and is going to adapt from those. 
I can't give him credit that he's going to just go back to the quarterback he was before, or, you know, two, three years ago. So I get it from Indy's perspective. I understand why they make this move from a fantasy side of things. I still don't think you're worried. You're looking at Carson Wentz in anywhere near the top 12, especially given the conversation we had last week about all the quarterbacks that are available there for the weapons that they have there. We'll see. I don't think T.Y. Hilton's going to be back. So do, who, who do they bring in as the wide receiver one there to go along with Michael Pittman, who says he's not giving up number 11. Uh, so we'll see. I think there could be a potential boost if they bring in a tight end. We've seen him have some success in those two tight end sets. You know, we'll see if Naeem Hines continues to get the amount of looks in the passing game as he has before, because Carson Wentz tends to not want to check down. He wants to play hero ball, but all that's still to be determined in my, my, my estimation. As I like it, I don't love it. Right. Like, I don't think there's anything you can love. I don't, I don't mind what they gave up. I mean, I think, I think Wentz is still better, at least has more upside than Goff does. Uh, so if you can get that and you give up a one next year, I don't hate it if he hits those metrics. I mean, Frank Reich's going to have to be Vince Lombardi and Bill Belichick combined to resurrect him from the dead in one year, in one offseason, which we don't know what that offseason is going to look like. They do have very limited weapons on the outside. If they don't have T.Y., then they better swing for the fences, get Allen Robinson, somebody else. But T.Y. would be the perfect complement to that when you still have salary cap space to pull that off. And a guy that wants to be there, I'd hate to see T.Y. leave town when he spent his entire career there at this point. But I don't know that it's an upgrade at the quarterback position, James. Like, Philip Rivers was pretty damn good. They threw the ball too much. I've, I've been critical of that. But he was pretty freaking solid, man. Like, I know Wentz knows Frank Reich's offense, but he doesn't know it as well as Carson or as, as Philip Rivers does, right? He's not going to check to the, to the run game or check to the pass game, understand what the defense, not as much as Phillip Rivers did. I'd like that if they're going to really run the rock, I agree with you wholeheartedly on another tight end because they got to get more weapons totally. But I, they need to have a little bit more of a dynamic tight end than Jack Doyle. I'd love to see Jack Doyle with a Mark Andrews type guy. Of course, we know that's not going to be Mark Andrews, but a, a more dynamic playmaker. Um, but it all depends on who's on the outside. I love their stable of running backs. You have Marlon Mack coming back. You probably have some trade bait there. Or is he going to be a free agent now too? He's a free agent, yeah. That's, so. I was going to say, he's coming off the injury and he's a free agent. What a bad year yeah. to have that happen. I know, right? Um, but I, I just don't know that it's an upgrade, right? I, the, the three and the potential one, I don't mind. I, I don't think he gave up that much to resurrect his career. He had to get out of Philly. Like one, one, it's one thing to like change organizations, go to a friendly coach and Frank Reich. Philly's a hard place, man. Like that fan base – it's just hard. Like, and then once they jumped on him, he never could resurrect it really from Nick Foles taking over and winning the Super Bowl. There's nothing he could have done other shy of winning a Super Bowl to ever come back from that. Uh, I think the kid's got a ton left. There's a ton of talent, but he's shell shocked. And I don't know that you could ever, it's not, I don't know that it's coaching that can get that out of you. I don't know that it's a new place that can get that out of you. It might just be time. So I don't know from a fantasy point of view this year, how much I'm in on it. And I've always been in on Carson Wentz. I love the talent, but to resurrect him from the dead at this point, and that's where he is. It's, it was that bad. Now, the one thing I will say that could help more than anything else is maybe the best offensive line of football. When you're shell-shocked and all of a sudden you're playing with extra time and you saw Phillip Rivers going from one of the worst, one of the best. Okay, I got a little – I could take a time to breathe now on my dropbacks. I could take a little time on my progressions. I don't feel like I have to force it. I'm not looking to throw it on the third of my fifth step on my dropback. That kind of stuff, I think, will help more than anything else. And if they, they can kind of tailor this game plan to be running game, quick hitting, play action, give him some time, I, I think we could see him build back his confidence in his career. I just don't think it's going to happen early. I think that's a great point, too, because when you have seen Carson Wentz have some success, again, there's a lot of factors that goes into his rise and this precipitous fall. 
But when Philadelphia's offensive lines were elite, as they were a few years back before the injuries, when before some of the age started to be, affect them, Wentz was a, ter- was a really effective player. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on, particularly a big reason why you kept your first-round pick this year. Like, let's say you're not able to hit that home run and, and sign Trent Williams to be your starting left tackle next year. You can at least take one in the first round, a Jalen Mayfield, a player of that caliber, and see maybe somebody falls to you. And you have that opportunity still that you would not have had. You're not taking a, a, a week one starting offensive lineman on day, in the middle of day two. Like, it's just not happening. So they give themselves that flexibility in case they're not able to bring in a veteran left tackle. And to your point, Jake, and Chris, you'll know this as well, in baseball, it's called the yips. You know, you see that, golf, you see that happen yeah, and on golf. I mean, that's kind of what Carson Wentz had where it just became this, this spiral, this death spiral for him where just everything came on top of each other. And then while he's trying to, he's overthinking, trying to fix those mistakes and just, it all just spiraled downhill. But from a fantasy perspective, I'm waiting and see, like there are too many good quarterbacks right now. Uh, I know I've asked, I've been asked about him a lot in dynasty. I would value him as if you would have valued him going into this year if Jalen Hurts didn't exist. Like, put it that way. If you, if you think you, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles this year, where would, you would have, where would you have put him on your chart? Like, I don't think he gets this tremendous huge boost because I think there's going to be a long, long road back for him. But I, I get why they did it. They were, I agree with you, Jake. And, and then I'll get off this point, Chris, so I, I can see you want me to shut up, which it just in general. But We'll get off in a second because I got one other point to make. Okay, but, so you got one but, more. But to me, it's, it's not – I don't think, at least with the information I have now, I do not think it is an upgrade over 2020 Phillip Rivers. But the Colts were in a position where they didn't have a starting quarterback on the roster, so they were kind of forced into making a move like this. Again, I would have maybe searched elsewhere, but it's easy for me to say because I don't have to call these GMs. And if I'm the Jets, I might not be trading Darnold until I know what I'm going to do with whether it's Watson – you know, because I don't want to trade Darnold and find out that Houston, oh man, we really kind of wanted him in a deal. So we're now we're not going to work with you. So it's, it's easy for me to say, well, they should have just done, I, I get that. But uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm hopeful. Uh, I've seen the peak Carson Wentz and he was a damn fun player to watch at his peak. I thought he should have been the MVP that 2017 season, even over Brady, um, despite missing four games, because he was that good in that 12 game, I believe, stretch. But man, last year was tough to watch. So I hope we can get it back together. So there's, there's a couple points I want to make here. One, if they can coach him out of the hero ball, that's the thing he's got to get out of. But I think the thing that helps, there's a really good defense too. That defense was really good in 2017 in Philly as well. And it's really fallen off. So when you feel like you have to put the entire team on your back and score enough points and make enough plays, that hero ball can kill you. And we've seen it destroy him, right? Hopefully they can get him out of that. The other thing I want to touch on that I like what you said, Jamie, is not going rookie. This team is way too good to go with a rookie. And I don't know that there's a rookie they're going to be able to take that's better than Jacob Eason that they took last year. He was raw. He's got some whatever. He's still there. He's sitting back there, and they must think he's not ready. But I think – I don't know that you're going to take a rookie that's better than Jason Jacob Eason that's been in the system for a year, that sat behind Phillip Rivers for a year, that's already there. None of these guys are more talented than he is other than the top couple. So by the time they're picking, you're not going rookie that you're going to put in. I don't think there's a rookie that's better than him for the future of the franchise. If that's the case, then I love what they gave up. And like you said, Philip Rivers retired. They didn't have a quarterback on the roster that they felt like was a worthy starter at this point. They also kept the first round pick and they have like $40 million in cash space. So they're certainly going to be able to make their roster even better uh, in comparison to, to where it was when the season ended. All right. That was a lot on Carson Wentz. Let's talk about some more quarterbacks. We'll do the quarterback portion of our free agency preview. I'll just throw a name out there to you guys and, and you guys can react to it. Some of these guys may not go anywhere in case of the guy that we're going to start this conversation with in Dak Prescott and others. I think it's going to be interesting to talk about what their market m- might look like. So let's start with the guy 
who is probably the top quarterback that is available, Dak Prescott. We might do this song and dance again with the franchise tag in Dallas. There's a tag and trade possibility. They could also just sign him to a big-time contract extension. A lot of different options here, Jake, for Dak Prescott. What do you make of, of his free agency uh, this year? I think the biggest thing that I can't get over is picturing him playing somewhere else at this point. I, I really can't. Like, I keep trying to say, okay, I wrote, I wrote an article for the draftnetwork.com on, I thought they should have gone in on the Stafford sweepstakes, put Dak in the mix there, just like the Rams did. I thought the Rams hit a home run with what they did. Uh, and then Detroit got a lot of picks for that, but I think it made them better. Now that that's off the board, unless they can pull something off of Russell Wilson, I don't know how that makes sense for either team. I don't know where they go. I, I cannot picture anybody else being the quarterback at this point other than Dak. So I don't know if that's a one-year franchise tag, which is going to kill them. A quarterback franchise tag is not the wide receiver franchise tag. And to go back to last year, does he still have some leverage? Or did his leverage drop with the injury? Because he was asking for more than $35 million a year. And what do they go from there? If they give him that and it kicks in right away, which he's a free agent, there's no early money that you can spread out later, Patrick Holmes-ish then they're dead. They have no other players. They're going to lose players. That defense isn't very good. I just can't picture him playing anywhere else, James. The only, there's only one other spot, and it would be Carolina. That's the only other place that I could see a team that has that need, like that. an aggressive owner, that have the cap. There's building, they've built their team, and they've made a lot of cuts in the last handful of days to give themselves enough cap space to do that. But then the other side is going to be like, what are the Cowboys doing? And do they have a realistic expectation of where they are in their life cycle? And for a team like the Cowboys, and I can speak to this from, from being a Yankees fan when they are bad. There is never an expectation that they're anything other than great, which, can, which is awesome sometimes, but can really be a detriment when things go bad because they don't make the moves to set themselves up for a long-term success. Because if you move, if you do a tag and trade with Dak, like which is the only scenario here, you're either signing him or tagging and trading. Like they're not, he's not just being let go. Like I cannot possibly no. see that happening. So if you do that, you're basically saying we're not trying to win right now. We'll maybe take Bridgewater's contract back for a year to have so, so of an option, or we re-sign Andy Dalton, or we bring in some, you know, we bring in a veteran like that. But we bring in somebody that we know we're not really competing with to be anything more than a, like a six-ish win team. Uh, and then saying we're going to kick this can down the road and we have to figure out the situation. And it depends on what the return is going to be. Uh, we know Carolina already offered the number eight overall pick for Matthew Stafford. So are you able to work some sort of deal al along those lines? That could be the only thing. Like, I don't see a New England paying up. I don't see any of these other places. That can, and a lot of these other places that need quarterbacks can't afford them. Like, I don't, I don't like New Orleans can't do it. Like it just, it, they, they just cannot put a team on the field to do it. It just, it, it's not possible. I don't see Washington doing it as well because Alex Smith's contract stole on the book. So there, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that kind of, kind of uh, that conversation, but I do think he ends up back in Dallas. Uh, I don't know what to think of this deal at this point. I have no clue because there's radio silence coming out of Dallas right now. That's my thing, Jay. I'm like, okay, go back to what he asked for last year. And he looked really good in the what, first four or five games where we played. And you have a pretty massive injury but they need so much else. Like they thought going on paper or going into last season, they had one of the best rosters in the NFL. We disagreed, but we thought they were pretty solid if they stay healthy. And I said, if their offensive line or linebackers have any injuries, then they're done. Well, what happened? All those injuries happened and they looked awful. Now Andy Dalton towards the end, once he got acclimated, played pretty well at what? 5 million. I mean, if you get Teddy for one year at 20 and he's part of that deal, I can't picture Dak in another uniform, I think is my biggest problem here. Like, yeah. I, and maybe it's just like visually, I can't do it. <laughs> it's, it's messing up my free agency analysis here. Um, 
but what does the deal look like? I mean, if I had to pick right now, gun to my head, I say Jerry gets bent over again. He yeah. got he got killed in Ezekiel Elliott sweepstakes. He didn't ever let it be a sweepstakes. Zeke Zeke just held his feet to the fire, went down to Cabo training and chilling, and got paid. I think if I had to, I got to pick right now. I think Jerry gets killed again, and I never say that Jerry doesn't get bent over in deals. Did happen twice in two years for guys that don't really deserve that money. I mean, Zeke deserved to be paid well, but not like that. And yeah. Dak, you're talking, does he lose a year on the deal? Because, or maybe you front load this deal and it becomes a four-year deal, not a five- or six-year deal? I don't know, man. I th- but I think that's probably what's going to happen. I can't see him anywhere else. I think he's back in Dallas. Look, Chris and I always talk about this. If you're willing to pony up real-life dollars, you can make a deal work on cap space. Like You can, mm-hmm. you can make a favorable deal that front loads right. it. It doesn't kill your cap if you're willing to pay the actual capital up front or early on in the deal which Jerry Jones can't. Some owners can't. And, and I think we have learned that a lot in the last calendar year that uh, sports owners are not as liquid as everybody likes to think that they are. And there's a lot more debt involved than we ever think. So I'm not pretending to know Jerry Jones's exact situation. I don't think he's missing any meals. So, but to, to me, I, I look at this and I go from but a But Jerry doesn't like to. He can. No. He I, doesn't no, like to. But he might not have a choice. Right. Unless they want to be honest with themselves about a rebuild. But then he again- He don't like I'll doing that either. With, no, and, and I'll look, I'll bring this up, and, and maybe this is, you know, I, I don't think this is controversial. Jerry George isn't getting any younger. And at some point, his goal is to win another Super Bowl in his lifetime. That doesn't, there's not a lot of three, five year rebuilds left for Jerry Jones. I'm, I just, let's be perfectly honest. That's where honest his about defense that. is. No, you're right. And that's where his defense is. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's really, I really can't put it any more plain than that. But uh, I still think he's end up back in Dallas if he's healthy next year from a fi- the fantasy spin on this is he's going to give you probably top five quarterback value in fantasy. He's done that for the last couple of years. Um, he went from being a sleeper his first couple seasons in the league where like this dude always finishes at QB 10 somehow. And, and we just, we take him outside the top 15 to being a real superstar. And over the last, I would say what 17 regular season games or 17, 22 regular season games he's played going into the, the five games from last year, he's been a star. So if he played, if he's back in Dallas, if he's healthy, he's on the field week one, I think he could be a tremendous fantasy value if people kind of push him down for some of the other hot names in the QB market. Yeah. If it's all right for you guys, in order to make sure we get to most of the names that we have here on the list on the show, I'm going to group the next four quarterbacks together and let you guys discuss whatever is notable to you in this group. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, and Andy Dalton. Those are the next four names on the pro football-focused list of top free agents at the quarterback position. So we started this conversation with Dak, and then it feels like there's a pretty steep drop-off talent-wise where we get to this next tier. Again, Fitzpatrick, Jameis, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton. Jake, I will give that group to you to discuss whatever you're feeling. Love him. Don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Somebody's getting a damn good backup that could be a starter and fill in and be really good for you. That's my group of that. I, I don't really care. I don't think anybody else should care. If somebody like Chicago should grab Andy Dalton in a freaking minute, regardless of who's going to be their starter, what they're going to do with that situation. But you still got Nick Foles sitting there on a giant freaking contract, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. The other guys, they all got to prove it. I, I don't – I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't got to prove nothing to anybody. Somebody's getting another – Damn good backup, fill in, can be a starter, right coach, let it fly kind of thing, win us some games. I love him. You guys know I'm a Fitz Magic dude, but I don't, I don't care at this point. He's what, year 16, 17, 18, like it's Jameis, whatever. You got a lot to prove. Is it going to be New Orleans? I, I, they can't afford you. 
If, if, how, I will say this about Jameis. Go get paid, man. You took a $1 million deal, and Marcus Mariota got seven and a half. No, he only played like five plays. But you still have more market value than a million dollars. Like, go get paid. Leave New Orleans because they can't afford me and Jamie to come play on that team right now. And that's where it's going to be interesting because, to me, there, there are two spots right now that I, and there are two names that are interesting if they're in one of two spots. And it's New Orleans and it's New England because there are starting opportunities in both those places. I think if anybody goes to Chicago now, they're going to be, you know, maybe they're splitting time, but I don't know what the weapons look like. Is Allen Robinson going to be back? Are they going to tag and trade him? Like, we'll talk about all that when we do our wide receiver preview, but. It could you know, get ugly uh, in Chicago quick, to your point. It really could. Like, it could, like it they could really, go in from, like, really good to his defense isn't as good. They lose a couple players, and his offense is like, God, where they got left. Like, it could yes. get ugly. It really could. Uh, but, you know, look, if, if Fitzpatrick is starting somewhere, I'm intrigued from a fantasy perspective because he's going to sling. Again, as we talk about a lot, the turnovers don't kill you if they're slinging it around a bunch. Like, that is the thing that you have to kind of get out of your mind from fantasy versus real life. I don't care if he's going to throw two picks. If he throws for 347 yards and two touchdowns, you're going to get a good fantasy day from him. So that's one that, be, could, that could be really interesting if he ends up in, like, let's say, being in New England or in some sort of, you know, because otherwise he's only going somewhere to be the 1B or to mentor a younger quarterback. And then, hey, if I need to come in or I need to play some time, I'll be ready. You know, if Jameis is the starter in New Orleans, which we still have a path to get there, I still think it's going to be Taysom Hill. For one, to Jake's point, Winston would have to basically sign another very low-dollar deal. Is that something he wants to do? We have a better opportunity to start in New Orleans, but you get paid a lot more literally anywhere else. So, but that one, because of what happened the last time he was a starter, fantasy-wise, people are going to get really excited there. But Again, we went over on our last show all of these quarterback names. So in a single quarterback league, none of these guys are really going to be on your radar for anything other than streaming options in the right matchup, even if they end up being the starter. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if Cam Newton has anything left. Uh, I don't think he does in terms of being a viable 16-game starter at the quarterback position. I don't see it. Uh, Andy Dalton would be a really helpful piece for somebody, but not somebody that's going to be fantasy relevant for you. So, and then even the other guys like Mitchell Trubisky, like, I don't know, like, no, probably not. I don't see him going back to Chicago. Do they do a Trubisky? I've always joked about the Trubisky Fitzpatrick combo in new England and see what happens. Like, I think that could that's be interesting. A combination of five and a half, six wins. Well, yeah, but that's all they are right now. Like they're going to trade Gilmore. Like that's all you they do trade for Garoppolo. Did you like, see the Cam Newton video yesterday? I did. I did. I am not a Cam Newton guy, but I had to get on there and tweet that I, ha I thought he handled that. And this is nothing to do with fantasy football. It's just something I got to talk about for a second. He handled that kid, that di disrespectful turd of a freaking kid with so much class, man. Oh, yeah. Like the first video when the kid's trying to troll him, he got caught off guard a little bit. I thought he handled that really well because the kid deserved to be smacked upside the head. If you want to talk to a grown man like a grown man, face the consequences. He didn't. But then you saw the video that Cam put out. The one of the other guys got from a different yep. angle that he was telling keep people that were trying to control that kid, stop, man. I'm just trying to talk to him. You want some attention? I'm going to give you attention in the right way. I thought he could not have handled that with more class, like a grown man. I've never seen him act like that. I've never seen that side of him. And I'm not a cam guy. I respect the hell of the Heisman Trophy and the MVP, and then he changed the quarterback position. I've been critical of the throwing ability. That doesn't matter. And we're not talking about it. He has got nothing left. That's fine. He's had a hell of a career. But the way he handled oh. that, man, he changed my view on him as a man and a person. I just – I personally just – I'm glad that I got to see that and I feel that way. I don't think he could have handled it better, man. I thought hey, we had to talk about it. It had to be touched on. We talk on everything on the show. I, I just the, – the amount of class at his camp. He's taking yeah. his time to talk to these freaking little turds. And that kid wants to act like that. You ain't done shit. I don't give a damn how good you are in seven-on-seven, seven, dude. You'll never be Cam Newton. 
There's no Heisman Trophy and NFL MVP in your future. There's like five dudes that have done that. Have some damn respect. I thought he was awesome. No, I I agree completely. I thought he handled that unbelievably well. Um, And again, look, if you're – if you're a younger audience, you'll know the term clout chasing. And that's feels like what this was for the kid. Like, he, you know, it, and just, I'm trying to impress my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something smart. And yeah, he, I, I, Let me he's, ask you this, Cam's man. a better man than I, because I don't yeah, know if I would have, especially being caught off guard. I do not think I would have reacted as classy. No way. Um, and as thoughtfully as Cam Newton did. Hype uh, train, jump in here. Take yourself off me. I want, I want both y'all's reaction to this. All right. Cause you're a little younger than me and I'm a little uh, furtherly distanced from the social media. If you go viral for looking like a total jackass, cause there's no way anybody in high school thought this kid was cool. If they did the first part when can handled it at the end, it was like, you want some attention. I'll give it to you the right way. And then you see the coach come in. If you go viral for being a jackass, is it still cool because you went viral or no. is it like everybody that went, that saw it going viral, even the younger kids went, okay, this dude's just a total idiot and needs, need some help like most of these things it's probably cool for 15 minutes it was cool through yesterday and now nobody cares we're, we're a day later nobody's gonna care um i know we ended up i i didn't read it the kid ended up putting out like an, an iphone statement um on twitter i i did not read i thought those it. were only safe for celebrities i thought celebrities I know, I only did iphone statements on their phone um, look this goes back to like where's the money if you want to put that there's no money in acting like an asshole like i'm sorry like I know some people do it for a living on TV, but when you're a kid and you haven't accomplished anything and you don't have a job yet and you're looking to get better, you look, I'm presuming this kid is looking to have an athletic career. That, that is why he decided to go to that camp. Right. Um, that's not something you want to do because that will follow you. People will know who you are, and it's not in a good way. Yeah, if you think and, you have a better chance of going to Auburn if you're a good receiver, if Cam Newton calls and says, I had this kid at my camp, you guys need to really yeah. take a look at him. Or Cam Newton calls every freaking NFL or any every or just puts out a statement to the NCAA. This kid is a turd. You should blackball yeah. him. Like they don't think. Yeah, just go, they'll Google your name and know who you are now. Like you're gonna be the kid that was smart off to Cam Newton. Like you, it just it's like you want to coach I, again. Oh, no, and then imagine going to any other. I don't care. How no, good and, he is. He, and that's gonna be the first conversation he has with any coach he ever has. Is okay, okay, son. Tell me what happened here. Tell you me can why tell his respect. own coach didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Instead of jerking him by the freaking sweatshirt out of there and saying, what in the hell is the matter with you? He didn't know how to handle it. He knew he had to like kid glove it a little bit because the kid would pop off at him. Well, and also it's, it's a different time where, you know, with all the, there's, you have, uh, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but you do have to, I understand why there are some things that coaches are not able to do some for the better, some for the worse, uh, because of things that are in place right now, especially when there are a ton of cameras around. And why so I ask, man, I my, my 43 year old brain goes to a different place. I know running backs. We will get to some of the running backs here on this list. I don't think we will get to all of them, but we will try to get some of the more notable ones. And I think guys, there's really a top tier to this free agency class. And, and Jamie will very easily put me in my place if I'm incorrect here. But I think the top tier is Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. And then there's kind of a break when we get into the Kenyon Drake, James Conner, Mike Davis portion of this conversation. So, Jamie, I'll start here with you. Aaron Jones and Chris Carson, I think, are the names that are going to get a lot of attention, and rightly so, in this free agency class. How do you see their free agency playing out? Well, Aaron Jones is the most intriguing one to me, and Green Bay is going to have to make a decision. Do they go? Are they going to pay up to keep the best player in their backfield, or are they going to try to go inexpensive? Maybe we sign Jamal Williams, who's also a pending free agent, and then run with him and AJ Dillon as kind of a, a more inexpensive backfield. Those guys can do a lot of different things. Jamal Williams is a really solid player, but he's not Aaron Jones, but he does a lot of things really, really well. 
Uh, if they decide to let him go, like there, there are only a, really a few options. Like I listed down for teams that could be in need of running backs uh, for a primary running back. I should say Atlanta, the jets, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Seahawks, uh, the dolphins are really the only ones that I look at those six teams there as the primary options for a primary back. Now there are some other teams that could use a change of pace of receiving back uh, things of that nature, but you know, to me, if you start to look at that, I would be really intrigued if he landed in a few of those places. Miami, it's a team with a ton of cap space that's maybe going to maybe get Deshaun Watson. If not, they're going to add more offensive weapons with their number third overall pick and all their other picks that they have at 318, the top of the second round. That becomes really interesting to me. I think the Atlanta one is intriguing because there is a room for a whole bunch of work for somebody for Arthur Smith and company to use. Now they're not going to be Derrick Henry because it's so easy to make that comparison. But in terms of a place that's going to have a pretty good offense that has a lot of room to work. And now it's going to be a team that's more willing to run the ball than they have been in years past. Like that is the team that like Dirk Cutter did not want to run the football there very much. Uh, That's an intriguing one to me, wherever somebody lands there, whether it's a rookie, whether it's one of these free agents, Uh, as far as Chris Carson goes, there seems to be a lot of momentum that he's not going to be back in Seattle, which is surprising to me. Uh, I think he's a great fit there. He'll be a really good complimentary piece somewhere. He's got the injury history. Uh, so I think beginning somewhere as a part of a tandem would be really effective for him, but it's going to obviously limit his fantasy value. But, you know, you know, I, I look at those two. Aaron Jones has potential to be a landscape changer because I think but depending on where he lands, he can go from a round one fantasy pick to even a round three fantasy pick, depending on the spot he's in. Uh, if he goes back to Green Bay, I'm, I'm taking him in the top half of the first round again. Like, I'm, I'm just going to. I, I, I have no, see no reason why, why I shouldn't. But if he doesn't, it's really going to depend on where he lands because I do think there's a wide range for where he could end up in fantasy drafts. I'm going to give you the spot, Jam. I'm taking him top four. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he's going to Seattle. I mentioned it like three weeks, a month ago on the show, that I like that landing spot. I think Chris Carson probably goes to Atlanta. Arthur Smith's going to want a bigger back, even though he's not going to have a Derrick Henry workload. He's going to want that style of thing because that's all he knows. It's the only system he's been in. Pete Carroll fired Brian Schottenheimer, who Russell Wilson loves. Got all these rumors about Russell Wilson wanting to get out, doesn't like getting hit. They want to go back to running the rock because letting Russ cook bit him in the ass. He burned up the kitchen. I love him. Love him. And Seattle, if they want to run the ball, if they want to spend some money and try to fix this offensive line, they don't have a ton, but the kid deserves to be paid. I don't think he's staying in green Bay. They're not overpaying for anybody. They're overpaying for their own guys. Jamal Williams catches it. Great. There's a reason Aaron Jones, we just saw his pass catching ability last year, not as much this year because it was so good in the backfield. Williams was picking up the blitz, catching the ball. And AJ Dillon looked like a freaking monster in the playoffs and down the stretch, the guy that they wanted to go to now, is that okay for them? Probably, but you lose a home run hitter. Aaron Jones takes it to the house three or four times a year from 70, 80. That's what Pete Carroll wants. He's a little dude, but he runs like he's a monster. Can he hold up to how many times they're going to want to give it to him if he goes to Seattle? That I'm not sure. And is Penny going to be the complimentary back? No. Probably not. You're going to have to do something else. But we know you can grab a guy in the third, fourth, fifth round that's really freaking solid as a rookie to go in there and spell him a little bit. But if they want to go back to that being the offense, and that's by all accounts, that's what Pete wants to do and play action off of that. Man, I love him. If he's in Seattle, I like it more than if he's in Green Bay. Uh, I like Chris Carson in Atlanta. I agree with you. I think they're going to run it. They're going to run it a hell of a lot more than they ever have in the past. Now they have four, four or five first round offensive linemen to start for them, but none of them are any yeah. good. That offensive line is not good at all. It hasn't been. Now, 
Does a change in blocking scheme change in technique as offensive line coach? Those things can make a difference. You know, if you can bring in a Bill Callahan type to turn it around and they haven't ever had that in their background, they could play as a more cohesive unit and be better. And you can get more out of that. With those weapons, I agree. They should be, they should be really good. If they can run it and you give Matt Ryan a little time to play action, that kind of stuff. Now their defense still needs a ton of help. I like those guys there. I think James Connors back at Pittsburgh, just because they, they, Ben's coming back. He's going to restructure. They went with his guy as offensive coordinator. It's like the fourth time they've gone from, okay, we're going to up, we're just going to upgrade from a position coach and make him the coordinator. Randy Fickner, Ben was like, okay, if you don't do that, I'm leaving. And I think they were scared of what that would look like if Ben's gone good or bright, bad, indifferent, whatever. We could all argue they wouldn't be better off, but I think James Connors back there cheap, very cheap. Cause I don't know that his market is that big. Um, the rest of these guys, Mike Davis made himself some money. That's one guy we definitely need to talk about. I don't know how much of a landing spot as a starter he is, but one of these complimentary teams, he made himself some cheddar this year, man. He played really good. Like fantasy wise, he was okay. And he was really good at times. Real life football wise as a complimentary bet. He caught it. Great. Jamie, the thing that I was yes. impressed with and why I didn't pick him up immediately because I didn't think he could be using the passing game the same way McCaffrey would. They didn't change the offense. The dude was, he was dynamic in the passing game. I think that's where he made himself some cheddar moving forward. Well, that's an interesting one where it becomes a, maybe that's a consolation prize for Seattle. He's familiar with the system. He was been there before. He's a, he's improved as a player since the last time he was there. If they, let's say they miss out on Aaron Jones. They don't want to, they don't have a first round pick. So they, they might not want to spend their day two capital on a running back. Because Listen, they don't this have is a team that first... used a day one pick on Rashad Penny. You don't, don't I know. put anything past them, Jamie. I know, but like if you thirty one, bro, it wasn't like a ten that they. Did but that. if what they don't even right, they don't even have a third round pick, right? So they're they're only they don't have one day one and day two pick this year. Chris, you can look that up for me. I think they only have that second round pick. I love how they look. I love you got to take an edge rusher as a dude. But like I, I just I, I, I them getting a pass on this. All that they're not in great cap space. They have no draft capital. Their team is not that talented of a roster. Russell Wilson makes up for so many freaking warts. If it was somebody else playing quarterback for them, we'd be talking about how much of a dumpster fire this franchise is. They have four picks: a two, a four, a five, and a six. Okay, so yeah, so they have one and pick on the first two days. Trade to pick anything up, other than Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Tyler no, Lockett for a three. Get no, rid of that contract, but you can't do that. You can't get rid of his. No, so they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody. They don't have yeah. anybody. So it, it's so they're not spending that second round pick on a running back. You have four picks in the Bobby entire draft. Only replace him with Brooks, who you took last year in the first round. Maybe, but you, but K, uh, KJ Wright's a free agent. So like now you're like you have to look at that second level and go how many players you know how many players because you're still you think you're a Super Bowl contender. So you you know you have to. But you're not. You, you haven't no, been but they think they are. 2013 was a long time ago. But they think they are. And that's why, no you know, that's why they make the Jamal Adams shade, which we talked about. Like, we, we go back and watch that, listen to that show. We talked about why that didn't make sense. But, uh, but Mike, Mike Davis, if he lands there, I think that would be as, you know, he's going to split some time with somebody. But I think yeah. he would be a really interesting piece there. You know, Kenya Drake's another name out there. If he resigns in Arizona, I'm interested as like a low-end RB2. If he, otherwise, he's going to be part of a committee somewhere. And I just, I think he's okay. Think he's I, that's where I think he is. I think he's he's an okay. He's a he's good enough to be a starting running back in the league, but he's not overly spectacular. Not going to hurt your team. He's just kind of there. So if he's going to go somewhere where he's going to get that role and he's going to get in split time with Chase Edmonds a bit, particularly on third downs, that's fine. You're still going to get a low end RB two value out of him. If he goes somewhere else where he's splitting some early down work, he's a guy that you take you put on your fantasy bench. I don't, um, I don't love him anywhere, but I, I, like Chase Edmonds should be the starter, and they should get rid of him just for the money and draft another guy. That's what I think and they should you, do. you got to add pieces here and there, and Chase Edmonds has been more dynamic. 
Um, I agree with you. I'm not sure. I, nothing pops in my head for Kenyon Drake to be like, yeah, just uh, like being just somewhere. You yeah, know, like if somebody nothing, gets hurt, like everybody's kind of got a dude that that kind of fits. Now he's more dynamic than most of the guys that are already there, but the guys that are already on those teams I'm talking about are cheaper. That's the key. He's not, like, he's that's not the, leaving for three or four million. Well, he just got that's the he got the, the transition tag last year, so right. Yeah, he made ten something million last year, right? So like, he's I mean, making that again. Gonna, Nobody's no, paying but, close to that. But are you going to pay eight million dollars to get a player that's fifteen percent no. better than a player that you're paying one? Like, no. I just and five or six I, I can't doesn't make it. sense. Five or six no. is solid two running back money. I don't know that he's getting anything more than that. Yeah, I, I, he's a weird one. Like, I don't know where to put him. Um, some other names I want to quickly bring up, Chris, before we, we come off or go off the air. One Please of them is James ahead. White, uh, which would be yes. really interesting to me. Um, obviously, there's the let's the, the elephant in the room of go to Tampa Bay. Uh, but I think that's an interesting name just for a, a pass catching back that's had a, a lot of fantasy value before. Just the offense in New England was completely different. The quarterback situation in terms of the ability to throw the ball was completely different and check down and just it didn't happen. Uh, so he's on his way out there. Leonard Fournette, uh, who I don't – man, what a run he had. Made himself some uh, money in the playoffs, man. Playoff he did. He made himself some money. Actually, he made himself relevant again, James. He did. He went from he a, really a healthy scratch and almost getting cut to playoff Lenny and Lombardi Lenny, and there's dollar signs that follow that. Whether that's staying there or moving on, he made himself some money again. And, again, he does have a history of fantasy RB1 production in Jacksonville. Like, it, it wasn't that long ago. Things got weird, and there were injuries, and there was the, the getting cut, and then almost getting cut from Tampa and all the other stuff. But – it's interesting. Again, a former top five pick in, in real life. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is one that I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, I found it very strange, his, post, his postseason comments about, like, he picked Kansas City because he wouldn't have to work or wouldn't have to get as many carries. Like, it was – there's a lot of weirdness. He has this whole, I'm prolonging my career by sitting out a year and I feel better and fresh, but you haven't been that good since. And now no. you're doing it again by going to Kansas City to be a backup and not win a ring? The, the interesting place is Tampa, right? And this is me just talking yeah. on our show, not my dad's the coach and we just won the Super Bowl and all that crap, right? But so they could – pass catching running back, period. They like. could they, – their running back situation ended up pretty good in the playoffs, and it's a position yes. they leaned on. They could technically get better. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, they liked, didn't get a chance to play a lot. But if, say, Fournette leaves and you add James White cheap, you still have Rojo. And what if Najee Harris is there at 32? They don't necessarily need anything on this team. I've already said whoever they take is probably a backup and a special teams guy, other than maybe a dynamic running back. But what we think, okay, James White, Rojo, and Najee Harris with Keyshawn Vaughn is probably an upgrade of the entire room as a whole. Yeah. When you add James White's catching ability, like he takes that LaShawn McCoy role that's pretty cheap and could be extremely dynamic with his relationship with Brady. Or he never gets on the field because Najee Harris turns into a freak in his third down back. And then what do you do with Rojo? He's still on a rookie contract. He was damn good and was almost a 1,000-yard rusher. I'll give it to him. He's 22 yards short. Yeah. That's an interesting situation for all these guys, too, depending on who's cheap and what they do if, if Fournette doesn't come back. Yeah. I, look, there's a, there's a clear need for a pass-catching third-down running back. I, I know Ronald Jones can maybe grow into that role, but – the window in Tampa changed He's not a natural catcher of the football. He's not James White catching the football. No. And look, and the reality was really is – good in the playoff, but he was iffy at times during the year in that, in that role. And the reality is the second you acquire Tom Brady, you're not, you're not grooming guys for down the road. You're trying to win a Super Bowl right now, and they did that already, and the next goal is to win another Super Bowl. Again, yeah. Bruce Arians isn't coaching 20 more years. Like, Tom Brady isn't playing 20 more years. There's the – you're wanting to win now, and you're wanting to win again immediately. And yeah. to do that, I would be interested to see. Like, I think – 
I, I'm not sure they'll go there on 32, but it becomes interesting again. Um, but I definitely think there is a day two kind of conversation to be had there because I do think that is a role that, especially if Fournette doesn't come back or they don't sign James White, like we'll know by the time the draft comes around. What yeah, I mean, do they lose Shaq Barrett? Like. Do they lose Levante David? Do they have to move up in the first round? I mean, they're going to be yeah. aggressive regardless. But if it, the first round goes weird and a guy like Najee Harris is sitting there, just like same thing as Kansas City guys, did they need Clyde Edwards Alaire? Not necessarily. Damian Williams was spectacular. They didn't know he was going to opt out, right? It was kind yeah. of this but you take the best player that you think fits with what you do and you add another dynamic playmaker to the mix, they could be in that situation. That one will be interesting because while we're talking about these free agents, running backs, that's, that could be a landing spot that nobody's really talking about. Absolutely. Plus you got to answer the mix. Not only Najee Harris, but Travis Etienne is probably going to be a first round running back. So there are teams that are going to be looking at that market as well. to try and, to drive And both the guys, of those so. guys are a three down true cat ball catching back. Yeah. So that adds a wrinkle to it as well. That is going to do it for part one of our free agency preview quarterbacks and running backs here on the show uh, today. Later in the week, we will do part two wide receivers and tight ends. There's a lot of wide receivers to talk about guys. So I don't know how many tight ends we're really going to get to, but we're going to yeah. try to fit both of those positions in. So before we get out of here, uh, final thoughts, Jake, and where everybody can follow you on social media. You know, it's not the craziest year for free agency. I thought it was going to be really, really wild. And I think we should still see some more quarterback movement. But as far as free agency goes, it could be a little bit dull that first week where there's usually a lot of fireworks. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how, how it goes when we actually get there. It's Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jay Arians NFL on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, my, well, Chris is muted his mic, but I know he wants me to, to go up here next. And uh, I will say this, just keep an eye on, there's not going to be a lot of fantasy relevance for these QB situations aside from something weird happening with Dak Prescott. From the running back situation, pay very, very close attention because it, even if it's not the big names like Aaron Jones or Chris Carson, start to see who goes to be the number two running back on teams that either have a tenuous RB1 or an RB1 with injury history and start to kind of keep an eye on them because you want to, even if you're not going to be like taking a flyer on them at the end of your draft, it's We've talked about that waiver wire speed dial list, being able to have players that you've already researched and feel comfortable with to know I'm going to strike now strike a week before somebody else strike in the off season, right before week one. Like, I have no idea what the off season is going to look like. I don't know if we're going to get a couple preseason games or not. I'm not even going to try to guess right now because nobody knows, but uh, just kind of keep an eye on where some of these guys could go, like a Mike Davis. Even even though he's coming off an Achilles injury, even a guy like a Marlon Mack, somebody that like they're not going to go be that a starter somewhere. That could be a somewhere. steal for somebody, Jan. That, but, I mean, Achilles aren't ACLs. That could be a steal for somebody getting Marlon. And it happened week one. I mean, he's going to literally have a full calendar year before week one happens from that injury. Watch so out for San Francisco adding another horse in that stable of guys that would fit what they do. It didn't catch it great, but that no, but they, but they need to. Like Telvin Coleman's a free agent. Did Jared you take McKinnon's a free agent. Defenses on Aaron Jones and bring in Marlon Mack too. How I, much I do you really it. want to run the ball? It'll be interesting. That's a great so, name. I forgot to talk about. So just some of these guys, just keep in mind because there's going to be some fantasy relevance there, uh, and we'll talk about it. We'll have a better idea once they all sign places, and we can discuss like the nitty gritty of how they how they fit in. But keep a very close eye, particularly on these tier two and tier three names that will get ignored between now and then all of the influx of rookies that are coming in. Just make sure you're paying attention to them. And you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. You can also follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio SCHU. So that is going to do it for us here on this edition. Like I said, part two of our free agency preview, wide receivers and tight ends coming later in the week. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save